0: Welcome to the World War II Radio Podcast. Today we have the debut episode of Your Home Front Reporter as it was broadcast over CBS on May 10th, 1943. Sponsored by the Owens Illinois Glass Company, the series was aimed at housewives and aired during the day, Monday through Friday. It was hosted by Fletcher Wiley and offered a mix of entertainment, war news, and tips on making the most of limited resources at home. First broadcast from New York, Then later, California, the show ran from May to November 1943 over CBS. The World War II radio podcast is a Brick Pickle Media production. If you like the show, please leave feedback on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen. You can also visit our website at brickpicklemedia.com slash podcasts, where you can find links to past episodes and other information. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash www2radio. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode of the World War II Radio Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. Member FDSE.
1: The Owens, Illinois Glass Company, developers of DuraGlass Containers, in cooperation with the United States government, presents a new radio program dedicated to your health, happiness, and prosperity. Each day at this time, Mondays through Fridays, you will hear your home front reporter, Fletcher Wiley. With the David Brookman Orchestra and singing star, Frank Parker.
3: Keep the home fires burning.
1: And the soprano voice of lovely Eleanor Stevens. To help keep the home fires burning more brightly than ever, to help keep Americans on the home front more happy than ever, the Owens, Illinois Glass Company presents two of the nation's favorite voices for your entertainment and Mrs. America's favorite radio visitor for your well-being. Here he is, Fletcher Wiley.
2: Thank you, Ben Grower. And the best of the day to all of you out there. You know, it seems kind of good to be visiting you by microphone again. And this time, just to play safe on being welcome, I brought some talent with me. And don't say for a change, please. You know, I've got the doggondest this job this time that anyone ever dreamed of. Kind of a commentator's paradise. I can't believe it myself. I haven't any long-winded commercials, nothing to sell, no box tops, no wrappers. I'm not even giving away seeds with a dime to cover the cost of mailing. Here's a show that is conceived and paid for by my sponsors, the Owens, Illinois Glass People, as a contribution to the war. Maybe I shouldn't have said that uh, I haven't anything to sell because I'm going to sell you sell you on an all-out participation in the war effort. Now, here's the way it works. I've got a man down in Washington, cooperating with the government to do nothing but chase down the items of news that affect you. Ration news, impending and existing shortages, rulings on housing, rentals, wages, finding out what you can do to help us, and by us, I mean you and me and the folks next door. And the government help us to kick those buck teeth right out of Tojo's trap, and to make little Adolf pull out his trick mustache. This show is to help the government, the Red Cross, the parent teachers, the schools, the clubs, and individual housewives do a better job of the helping that we all want to do. But most of all, what we're trying to do is to help you. It's to bring you all of the latest up-to-the-minute information on your personal problems, the inside lowdown on foods and how to utilize them. Because the proper use of the foodstuffs that are valuable can have a tremendous effect in hastening the day that we take these maniacs into camp. And incidentally, it should be borne in mind that the improper use and the wasting of foodstuff, the failing to do our individual bits, can get us licked where the usual commercial advertising would ordinarily go into a show, we're going to put some information in there that will help you to help win the war right in your own bailiwick. We're going to solicit your own individual suggestions and ideas, and when we get good ones, we're going to pass them on so that everyone can use them. For example, I was talking with a woman's magazine editor, uh, Eleanor Howe, the other day. She was telling me about a little hint for whipping this low-pressure cream you get nowadays you know that 18% kind you can crank your arm off but you can't whip it but if you just add a little lemon juice does the trick we're going to try and eliminate this expression isn't it awful that we break out with because we couldn't buy some bacon we're gonna curb hysteria we're gonna make people ashamed to beef about minor inconveniences and privations when the kid next door is taking it on the button-down in Africa we're going to try to enlist your aid in curbing the waste that automatically pays a Jap dividend to the enemies of our country. And we're going to do this sandwiched in between fine music, nice voices, and you can describe what it is I do for a living to so suit yourself. I never could figure it out. Anyway, we want your help. We want you to listen. We want you to get everyone you know to listen. Here's a program conceived in patriotism and unselfishly dedicated to a high purpose. I'm proud to be on this end of it, and I think you're going to be proud to be on your end. So much for our purpose now. Let's get into our program. So, David, if you'll wave the magic wand that starts the orchestra, I want the folks to hear one of our sweetest songs by one of our best loved singers, Frank Parker, as he sings Begin the Begin. <laughs>
3: Sound of music so tender. It brings back an eye, a tropical splendor. It brings back a memory ever green. I'm with you once more under the stars and down by the shore an orchestras play and even the palms seem to be swayed when they begin to the me and the again is past all in day. Clutches your heart And here we are Swearing love forever And from Never, never too far What moment's divine What rapture's serene Till clouds came along the joys we had tasted, and now when I need people first the chance that was wasted, I know what's well what they mean.
2: Like? That's for me. That's fine, Frank. That's one thing we're going to bring you to, is music that you can understand, that you can feel, you know. Well, here we go. I'm going to talk a little bit about manners. Manners are something that, like charity, should begin at home. Doesn't. It's amazing how many put. People put on their good manners like they do their pants, and they take them off just about as readily and easily. I know people that are just, oof, so polite when you get them out in the crowd. And as they go in the front door, the wife stumbles. They say, be careful, darling. You'll break your darn neck. They waste all of their attention, all of their politeness, all of their manners on people other than the people that would be most interested in getting that attention. And it's an amazing thing, it's a silly thing. I wonder why it is that people haven't stopped to figure out that it doesn't pay to hurt people's feelings, even if you happen to be related to them, by marriage or otherwise. You wouldn't haul off and uh, tell the boss's wife what you thought of the get-up she had on, but you wouldn't hesitate to... Tell your wife, if you're a Mr. Average Guy, that what she's wearing for a hat looks like it was cut out of the top of a can. And uh, you wonder why the reaction isn't favorable to an attitude of that kind. And people that have pretty good sense do that, too. Kind of surprises you, how somebody smart enough to run a big business isn't smart enough to get along with his own family. And some woman that's big shot enough to be the... Number one gal in the PTA isn't smart enough to pass on some of that diplomacy as soon as she closes the front door behind her. But it's true that it works out that way. People who have children that the neighbors refer to as that impossible brat down the street are generally responsible for that. If mother flies off at father, or father doesn't hesitate to unload his frank and free opinion of mother, how do you figure the kids are going to do anything but pick up that same habit? They're a 100% cinch to do just exactly that. If you teach them manners, youngsters won't go busting in and out of the house, walking into any room unbidden, if you'll uh, try knocking on their door before you go into their room very simple. Do as you would be done by in that one. Kids are imitators. They're just like monkeys. And get on the beam. Give them the right thing to imitate. Another thing that uh, is kind of surprising is the misuse of expressions like please and thank you and I'm sorry. Most of them are just about as sincere as the uh, very truly yours at the bottom of a collection agency's letter that's writing you for a five-year-old bad bill. They are yours, I don't think. So when you say, thank you, in that tone of voice, what have you got? Nothing. But if you sincerely thank someone and say, gee, that was swell of you, I didn't expect that, but I do appreciate it, thanks a lot. You made a friend. If you're going to apologize for something that you do by one of those cold, I'm sorry, forget it, skip it. If you can't make a sincere apology, don't make any. Just overlook it completely. Because an apology that isn't sincere is like one of those fishy handshakes people give you, you know, it's like a glove full of mush. Doesn't mean anything. If you go to someone and have to make an apology and be man or woman enough to make one if you if one is due, then make it like you're really sorry. And in nine cases out of ten, you embarrass the other person so much that they, they want you to lay off. Haven't you had people get sorry for something they've done to you? And you say, no, that's all right, Joe. Skip it. You know, you're a good guy. didn't mean anything. But those, those kind of apologies that are made uh, without sincerity... You say, way deep down in your soul case. That fellow didn't mean that at all. Another place where politeness will pay you some dividends is with people that have to wait on you. A woman that goes down and has some poor little shop girl whose feet hurt her and who's been on them about seven and a half hours and who's already taken an awful beating from a bunch of bargain hunters, a woman who returns a piece of oil cloth because there's a rip in it, jumps all over the kid the kid don't own the department store. If she talks back to you, she's insulting a customer and she'll get fired. That's just exactly like picking on someone who has their hands tied behind it. And it isn't a very nice thing to do and it's a sad misuse of manners. If you uh, howl your head off and demand the very superlative and service every time you go in a restaurant, you'll probably wind up with a waiter's thumb in your soup you're entitled, and most places will correct any mistake, but you don't have to howl your head up. The waiter didn't cook the steak that's not well enough done to suit you. And you know, I have found invariably, in encountering big people, at the top of the heap, they're all smart enough to know that that's how they got up there. That's how they stay there, too. If I keep this up very long, I won't have a friend left in uh, either the studio, because I'm firing this at the orchestra here, as well as you, and I won't have any friends left out there either. But you kind of get the general idea. Take a lesson from the service station attendant. He's internationally famous for his good manners as a pattern of courtesy and willingness. So kind of tamp that down on the pipe and draw on it. So much for that. And now I want to perform a little job that is indeed a pleasure. Some of the boys would give their right arm to be seated right where I am now. But it's no dice. If the front pages of our magazines indicate anything, this country is more than a little allergic to beauty, and I wish you could get a load of Miss Steeber It's a rare enough thing to find a really beautiful voice, and when you hook it up with a really beautiful girl, it's doggone near overpowering. I'm not kidding. And then, then, for a plus, you had a homey, amiable disposition that didn't hesitate to discuss victory gardening with me. You can understand my enthusiasm. I can understand why the critics have done such a rave over her work down at the Metropolitan. She's going to sing a song that we all love and always will love. Accompanied by David Brooklyn's orchestra, Eleanor Steber sings Carry Me Back to Old Virginia. like that. Incidentally, that's the kind of music we're going to give you. Well, I'm we'll to take time out here in order to talk a little bit about a food product. I'm going to talk about one that you know very little and don't get alarmed. I'm not going to sell you any of it. I just want to tell you about it because I want you to meet it. I'm we'll talk a little about soybeans. beans. Most people's acquaintance with the soya bean is limited to that funny-looking and tasting sauce that you find in a little cruet on the tables of all Chinese restaurants and pour over the top of your chow mein that's made from soybean. But it's one of the most important vegetables in the world. One of the outstanding reasons for the Japs invading and seizing part of Manchuria, Manchaco, was in order to protect themselves against the chance of losing that is a source of soybeans. About five million long tons, two thirds of the entire world crop of soybeans grown in Manchuria. The Japs needed them, needed them badly, because way back in twenty nine they were buying and importing into their own country about sixty seven million dollars worth of soybeans in addition to growing everything they could of their own. Now this bean is just coming into prominence here, and you're gonna you're gonna be meeting it pretty quick. Because the government's backing it up. But they've used it in the Orient for five hundred centuries. That's a long time. Now, that's a typographical error on my note. It's only fifty centuries, five thousand years. Little error is nothing new with me, though. Now this bean is a fine pasture. Swell pasture. They feed the tops of it to the stock. I thrash out the beans. The beans yield a very rich oil and the residue is pressed into a bean cake that has wide uses. Now, out of soya bean oil, they make a substitute for salad and cooking oils. They make butter, lard, and margarine. They get glycerin out of it, which is vital to the manufacture of explosives. It's used in paint, soap, linoleum, rubber substitutes, printer's ink. The cake is used as a fertilizer. It's fed to cattle. They've even burned it as fuel, and millions of people's lives have been saved in the Orient in the periodic famines they have known by men subsisting on this soybean cake. They even raise the kids on a milk made from it. They heat the soybean oil, add water to it, put it in water and heat it. It makes a milk. And it makes a balanced ration milk, too. They raise babies completely out. Don't be surprised if the peculiar taste that you might find in your coffee at your favorite restaurant is due to the fact that anywhere from 30 to 50 percent of soya beans are introduced because it's an excellent coffee substitute during the Civil War in this country it was very widely used as a coffee odor and a coffee color now they're putting out a soya bean flour and you put this into a soup and it acts almost like a beef extract those bouillon cubes many of them that are very popular in Europe have been made with a soya bean base the Japs are manufacturing explosives out of it and so are we when you figure out that for troops that are actually fighting out in the field, the Japs are able to fight on a diet of bean soup, bean curd, soybean flour, soybean meal, and coffee, all taken from this one product, it is regarded as equal, if not greater, importance than rice. Now I want to suggest that you take advantage of the opportunity that'll soon be yours to try this new product. That we're going to pitch, right? back in Tojo's teeth, and this time he isn't going to be so fond of soya beans, not the ones that are labeled grown in the USA. You know, one of the things I've always had a hankering to do has been to take two really fine voices and put them together in an old-fashioned duet, and I've finally gotten that opportunity. I don't think that anyone will disagree with me that in Frank Parker and Eleanor Steber, I've got a couple of people that can really sing. The idea met the immediate approval of them both, and I'm sure you're going to enjoy listening as they sing Dearly Beloved. Before we leave the air, I want to call your attention to something that you may have overlooked. Now, there are a lot of victory gardens being planted, and containers for canning, all aren't too easy to obtain, kind of tough. Remember and save the wide mouth containers like your vacuum-packed coffee jars. Buy, your help- buy yourself a handful of these little thrifty lids. You can get them down at your grocer's, or hardware store all over the country. And you'll have something to pack some of your victory garden surplus in. And to put up some fruit in when the peak of the season makes it available at its lowest prices. Take this little sensible economical tip and add a little bonus to your ration point allowance. One other thing. Here's a little pointer I picked up in a door-to-glass ad in this week's Colliers. Go over and take a look in that cabinet under your sink or wherever you put your pet collection of junk. A catch-all. And you'll probably find anywhere from 1 to 16 milk bottles in there, maybe just plain empty or filled with odds and ends of screws and bolts and nuts. Empty these out and give them back to the milkman. He needs them. Every milk bottle returned promptly helps conserve material, man hours, and shipping space. Well, it's about time for us to shove off. But in case you're staying home tonight, it'll interest you to know that your old friend Bing Crosby has some extra fun up his sleeve along about 9 o'clock Eastern wartime. The regular gang that hangs around the craft music hall will be there, of course, besides which a fellow named Rags Ragland will be on deck to make a lot of fun out of a lot of nonsense. At any rate, give Bing a listen. I really think you'll be giving yourself a treat, so listen to Bing tonight, and, uh, of course, don't forget to listen for us tomorrow. Thank you, and good afternoon.
1: Tomorrow, at this same time, the Owens, Illinois Glass Company, developers of DuraGlass Containers, in cooperation with the United States government, sends you another of these programs dedicated to your health, happiness, and prosperity, with songs by Eleanor Stever and Frank Parker, music by the David Brookman Orchestra, and words from Mrs. America's favorite radio visitor, your home front reporter, Fletcher Wiley. This is Ben Grauer speaking.